1: Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All America podcast. My name is Bill Troche, senior editor here at sportingnews.com, alongside Bill Bender, lead college football writer at sportingnews.com. Welcome into our Tuesday edition of the All America podcast. We will have three podcasts for you this week, as usual, as the uh, regular season comes to a uh, thundering conclusion here. And, Bill, uh, did you survive Survival Saturday? Yeah, it was good. I mean, Tennessee (laughs) didn't. I did. But um,
2: we talked about this last week is every time you think that it's just cut and dried and over that a couple things happen. And it was dangerously close to being a nuclear Saturday. I mean, if TCU's kicker doesn't run out on the field quickly enough, Griffin Kell, if Michigan doesn't piece together a little bit of a drive without Blake Corum, um, even Ohio State on some level. I mean, it was like that's a good moniker for it survival survival saturday the top four survived opened up some doors for some other ones and you know it looks like tennessee and north carolina were the ones that that was the one when i talked to you saturday night i know you were out and about and i'm like no man north carolina lost and you were just in utter disbelief
1: that was that might have been the most surprising moment of my college football season um because uh yeah i i You had a bye week a few weeks ago. This was my bye week for the season. I traveled up to uh, Hartford, Connecticut. For people watching on YouTube, you can see I'm coming to you live from a hotel room in Hartford. I watched my son compete uh, in a swim meet for Trinity College on Saturday. And not only was it, so I was not in front of my usual three screens, keeping track of things and communicating with you and seeing everything was going on, The, the, the natatorium, the had very poor reception i don't know if the the walls were too thick or whatever i was barely getting anything so i didn't know what was going on at all and then by like maybe 4 30 we walked out of the the uh the building and i had 203 texts waiting for me mostly from the three text change celebrating my alma mater's second sec upset in two weeks um but uh, yeah, I didn't see much, didn't get in front of a TV till uh, late night, saw the USC-UCLA game, and uh, I did see the ticker, and that North Carolina was up 17 nothing on Georgia Tech, and I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then when you told me right. <laughs> North Carolina got beat, I really was stunned.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate – Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need
3: Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
1: So let's, uh, you know, tons of great games, close games, exciting games. Let's start in the Big Ten. All right, with the, the two big ones, Ohio State and Michigan, both We're tested for four quarters. And uh, where does that leave us heading into the big game?
2: Oh, they were both looking ahead. That's the way I would look at Michigan's game got anxious because Blake Corum left. And to me, that's the the results Saturday are less of a storyline than the injuries and who's going to be able to go and who's a hundred percent. And that's what a lot of people are going to focus, focus on this week. You look at Michigan, four key players, Five are, are, were – there was a bunch on the sideline. Donovan Edwards didn't play. Luke Schoonmaker, he – as much as we're going to talk about Blake Quorum, I realize he's their best player. Luke Schoonmaker is so important for that offense, though, in the passing game as well. So those guys, Mike Morris. Then Ohio State, Trayvon Henderson's in a walking boot. Uh, C.J. Stroud was limping around. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg, I there was tweets that he's playing with two broken hands, one of their linebackers. So the, these teams are beat up. And but every one of those guys, if they got a chance to go out there on Saturday, uh, first 11 to no matchup since 2006, huge stakes. Uh, you know, we got a lot of content obviously coming, including tomorrow, a uh, longer piece about the future of this rivalry and what it means. Um, it, it's going to be awesome. So I, I think they as far as those results, it's they're 11 to no. I'm not real worried. It's just when they get out there, it's it's that nobody's going to be thinking about Illinois and Maryland when they get out
1: there at noon on Saturday. Does it change the way you think about the game, those two games in terms of who you thought might win and everything like that? No, because i
2: thought Ohio state was going to win the whole time, but it'll be tight. It'll be fun. I mean, it, I, I was talking to Jake, Butt, a uh, big 10 network analyst, former Michigan tight end last week as part of this piece we're doing tomorrow. And, uh, he did say "Is like these two teams are literally built to beat each other you know michigan's built with a strong running game keep away tough defense can pressure the passer ohio state's built quick strike offense unbelievable receivers if you combine these two teams and like did an all-star roster they'd they'd be the best team in the country but that's not how this works because um and, and being in columbus there's a couple streaks there that are just ridiculous uh Ryan Day hasn't lost a Big Ten home game. They haven't lost a Big Ten home game since 2005. Um, so Michigan will have a lot. Michigan hasn't won there since 2000. So if, it, if all of those streaks come to an end, um, yeah, Michigan will certainly have earned it. And I guess the big question now is Tennessee's loss did open the back door for, for the loser of this game to get in if it's close. And I, I think if TCU or USC loses, that's exactly what's going to happen.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, the nation will be watching. We know that expected to be the top-rated broadcast of the season, just like it was the regular season, just like it was last year. Let's go out to the Pac-12. USC, UCLA put on a show in the Rose Bowl, that's for sure. 48-45 covered the over, and uh, USC covered the spread as well. Caleb Williams, unbelievable. You see all this potential. Uh, And it was realized on Saturday night with some incredible throws, dragged his team past UCLA, despite having a shaky defense. Both quarterbacks really played well. Uh, USC just had a little bit too much. How does that game change how you look at the Notre Dame game coming forward, the Pac-12 coming forward, and the Heisman race moving forward? That that had an effect on all three.
2: Yeah, the Notre Dame game is going to be awesome. for Two first-year coaches um, mentioned I was just talking on another – show this morning and uh they they uh notre dame 3-0 and 3-1 against ranked opponents this year 4-0 mm-hmm. against on the, against the spread so they play up and 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 that's going to make the emotion of that rivalry even better uh caleb williams is the best player in the country he, i mean that's we that's what we wrote saturday night i don't know that he'll win the heisman over cj stroud but i know and i've said this on this show a few times now if i was starting an nfl team and I had number one pick. I'm taking him. He He's Patrick Mahomes. He's the same skill set, the same. He makes one or two throws a game that you're like, what just happened? And his playmaking ability is off the charts. And he's accurate. So he's literally pulling that team into the college football playoff race. They are ranked number five in the AP pool. I think they'll be ranked number five or six in the college football playoff rankings. And we talked about this last week. I said, if they can do it. We still don't know if they can. I mean, they still got to beat Notre Dame. You know, honestly, Bill, I think they're going to beat the Irish. I don't know if they're going to beat Oregon. If Oregon's the team that comes out of the Pac-12 on the other side. That's the game that but if they do, they're in. They're in. And then Tennessee's loss just hammered that down like they're absolutely in. So, all of those things are at work, but it was a phenomenal game. It was Dorian Thompson-Robinson played great. Mm-hmm. Turnover here, turnover there and and that that was the difference. But the way Caleb Williams came out in the third quarter, he had his first seven passes, he threw two touchdowns. Um, incredible performance.
1: Yeah, he, you know, his arm strength is unbelievable. And uh it's gonna be a challenge to do it again against Notre Dame, of course. And then, like you said, Oregon is in the driver's seat. They have to beat Oregon State, which will not be easy. But uh if if Bo Nix can get a little healthier, clearly he was not hundred percent against Utah. Uh, Didn't have his usual uh, running yards, running statistics with that ankle that he's battling. But um, it's that, the Notre Dame, and then if USC Oregon comes to pass, that Friday night on Championship Weekend is actually going to have some significance when it hasn't had much significance over the last few years. Let's go back to Tennessee. They lose big, then they lose Hendon Hooker late in that game, unfortunately how stunned were you that Spencer Rattler turned into Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields all rolled into yeah. one one night and, and, and kind of where does this leave the balls? Like how, when they look back on this season, I mean, the, you know, the Vanderbilt game is the Vanderbilt game and then um, the, they'll move on to their bowl game. But uh, where, where does this blowout leave the program?
2: I mean, the, the foundation is placed for future success, but if you're a detractor, you say, well, that's Tennessee. You know, I had an opportunity to do it and they got lit up. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I turned that game off in the second half and was flipping back a little bit. And, you know, I wasn't watching when Hendon Hooker got hurt. Somebody said, well, he's down. And I'm like, are you serious? Uh, On top of all of this, you lose your quarterback. Um, Good, good program win for South Carolina though. And Shane Beamer and establishing that place as a tough place to play and uh, gives Clemson something to think about, honestly, this week. But uh yeah, just that was stunning. That was the one of if you would have told me, and I think we talked about it last week. Okay, pick which top five teams going to lose. None of us would have picked Tennessee. Not no. not in that environment. Not the no, way that we they thought played. they would try to run
1: up the score and impress the, the playoff committee. It, that would be the reverse, right? Right. And their defense just absolutely got shredded. South Carolina had two possessions like end of the half you know end of the half right. end of the game where they kneeled on it. so don't count those two possessions there are other ten possessions of the game nine touchdowns right it, it nine was... touchdowns in ten possessions they almost gained every yard they could possibly gain in that game
2: <laughs> they had guys running free the entire time i mean it was it was not good uh You know, the 438 yards by Spencer Rattler. I mean, you you said it. We had anticipated that might be him. It was a bizarro night for, like, the Oklahoma quarterback circle. We talked about Caleb Williams. We talked about Mm -hmm. Spencer Rattler. And then Oklahoma goes ahead and takes care of business anyway against Oklahoma State. So, had they lost to the Cowboys, there would have been a lot of angry Sooners fans watching those two games. But good for Oklahoma as well. But, yeah, I mean, it eliminates Tennessee from the playoff. And another reminder to all of us, it I means look ahead. I think Georgia looked ahead. Georgia looked ahead against Kentucky. They, even though I never thought they were, there was never a point in that game where I thought they were going to lose, but um, it so got dicey.
1: It did get dicey. Kentucky so, missed a short field goal, could have made it 16 to nine with about four minutes to go or something like that. So,
2: right. I, I think Tennessee now slides to the Cotton Bowl, assuming, assuming they win. You get Joe Milton, former Michigan quarterback and and anybody he he's got the longest arm in college football. He's just not the most accurate quarterback. He can throw the ball. I would like if they did like the quarterback challenge contest, I would take him. <laughs> he can throw that thing a mile. But uh, um, yeah, so I, I think they'll end up playing a whoever comes out of the American Athletic Conference in, in, or a Coastal Carolina in the Cotton Bowl. And You could say, well, that's a disappointing season for where they were, sure, but nobody had Tennessee in the Cotton Bowl to start the season.
1: No, and I think, yeah, you look at the the highs of the Alabama win, and that was as high as you can possibly get. Uh, It was tempered by Georgia really controlling you and then laying an egg against South Carolina. So two little setbacks, but you've seen the ceiling, and I think that's important that they've had that feeling there's going to be tons of optimism as they head into next year, no matter what, even though Hendon is going to be gone, they're not going to care. They're going to be sky high, and uh, things are bright. The future looks bright. I think they will hang more on the Alabama win, especially during the offseason, than they will, these two disappointments against Georgia and South Carolina. So who we talked about a little bit, but who who was helped most by this near chaos this last weekend? When you, And what do you expect tonight when they unveil – the top 10 we know the top five right it's gonna be the top four undefeated. and then uh usc will probably check in at number five uh where do you see tennessee where do you see clemson where do you see alabama what do you have a top 10
2: well i mean the top four who got helped the most to answer that question clemson did because now mm-hmm. tennessee's gone you're gonna start hearing dab dabo politic too He's not going to waste any time saying, hey, we just beat South Carolina and North Carolina. You know, we won 40 in a row at home. We had a bad night at Notre Dame. You'll hear that.
1: That's the one. Now, the one piece that hurt Clemson was North Carolina getting beat.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
2: It did. And Notre Dame is just going to throw a wrench into everybody because, you know, they play Ohio State can claim a Notre Dame victory. And it, let's say, so play that out. Let's say USC wins against Notre Dame 12-1. And Clemson goes 12-1 and Michigan beats Ohio State. And this last argument becomes the second Big Ten team or Clemson. Well, Ohio State would say, well, we beat Notre Dame. That's where that game is
1: going to turn out being huge. Right, and if Clemson beats North Carolina, North Carolina's going to drop to the low 20s. And if USC beats Notre Dame, like you said, they're going to drop almost to 20. So Clemson's got just nothing on their resume.
2: Right, USC will say, we beat Notre Dame too. So it'll be ironic that Notre Dame could be this piece, this huge piece (laughs) in the uh, committee room. And then if Ohio State beats Michigan, Michigan doesn't have a lot on the resume, but here's my contention here. If Michigan... Like Michigan and Clemson's resumes are still similar to me. I know Clemson's playing South Carolina. I get it, but I, uh, you know, it's not Michigan's fault. Illinois wasn't ranked when they played them. Like if they played them four weeks ago, we look at that win differently. And that's that whole thing we were talking about. It ranked at the time. I mean, mm-hmm. Iowa might be eight and four and ranked in a week. Nobody thought that was going to be possible after they lost fifty-four to ten to Ohio State. So um, Michigan Clemson could get. Dicey, but I still, if we're saying who's the better team, I think Michigan's the better team. I do. I think Michigan would beat Clemson head-to-head this year. Um, mm-hmm. I do too. But that is—they. Clemson was, without a doubt, the one helped the most. So top four will probably stay the same. Five and six will be USC and LSU in any order. And then you get into Clemson, Alabama. Tennessee will probably be nine. And I think, then this is important for USC, I think Oregon bumps into the top 10 again. And Mm -hmm. what a, they're they're the team that I'm just like, man, you were right there. If if Bo Nix and they don't lose to Washington, that was an impressive win for them. So I think that'll be the top 10 and you'll bump North Carolina way out. And it really comes down to seven teams. Seven teams are technically alive. And that's, that's being liberal with Clemson and LSU. I still think they got a lot of work to do.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't – you know, LSU is going to be a double-digit underdog to Georgia, I would think, Yep. in the SEC championship game. Uh, Quickly, let's touch on the Heisman race before we get out of here. Um, You know, we talked about Caleb Williams uh, already, how good he was and how impressive he was. Uh, Is is Drake May's case kaput? You know, I mean, they they got beat by Georgia Tech. He did not throw a touchdown pass, but – I'll push back on that a little bit. If Josh Downs catches that touchdown, we're talking about how Dre May throws a clutch fourth down touchdown for the win, and on the run and the late in the fourth quarter has come from behind and, and Downs just dropped the ball in the end zone. It was perfectly thrown. You know, it's tough to penalize Drake may like that, like, Oh no, he can't win the Heisman because Josh Downs dropped the football, but maybe, maybe that's football. Maybe that's just the way it is. Uh, Hendon hooker, uh, uh, they obviously got beat. He can't do anything about the defense he was twenty five for forty two two hundred and forty seven yards which isn't a lot of yards for him. three touchdowns, no interceptions uh his season's over he's gonna miss the Vanderbilt game. Should that kill his chances you know if if I got it written down here. If your name's Bill Heisman instead of Bill right. Bender, who are the guys you're inviting to your little party in new york well i've I've voted, so I'm trying to think the first year I voted on it.
2: I can't even remember at this point. I think my I think it was Lamar Jackson that year. So I've put on for a few years and okay. um okay. Um the top 4 I would have right now. I think right now it's Caleb Williams and CJ Stroud 1 and 2 by a lot. I mean because they they're healthy, B, both can prove it on huge stages this week. That's the game within the game this weekend. Is like if CJ Stroud beats Michigan and then if Caleb Williams beats Notre Dame I think that it'll be a two guy race. Um, Mm -hmm. Hooker should be a finalist. He won't win the award, but he absolutely should be a finalist because of what he's done for Tennessee this season, everything he's done there. And then I think the other two, it's you know, Blake Coram, I think he will play. This is where we're at in our society that he was out delivering Turkey Sunday. And Angelique uh with the Detroit News, that you know, she tweeted a picture of him and asked him if he was good. He's good to go. He says he's good to go and and he was out and he's a tremendous, obviously tremendous human being to be out doing that on a Sunday before Thanksgiving. So, um, and, but people were more worried about his knee than him delivering turkeys. So, um, (laughs) you know, for, for that, I I think he's, he's going to play and he's got a chance. And then Drake may will probably be right on the edge as a finalist. And I think he should be a finalist. So it'd be, to me, it'd be may William Stroud hooker, Quorum with a chance to bust in there. And and I I guess Bryce Young will be it'll be interesting to see how voters t- treat him because he's obviously not going to win it. He will be there as part of being a former winner. Right. He will be. <laughs> yeah. So, but is it enough to be a finalist? I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Drake May had a ton of momentum. Uh the athletic does a big poll every week. He was near the he was just behind CJ Stroud last week. But of course, you know, Georgia Tech threw a big wrench into that, into his plans of getting to New York. And that was, uh, you know, great win for Georgia Tech for sure. And like I said, one of the most uh, stunning moments of my uh, college football season because, you know, if there's a big upset, I see it happening as it's going and I'm not like caught off guard like that. (laughs) I I was really stunned to hear that Georgia Tech had pulled off the rally. All right, Bill, well, that's all we've got for now. That's our Tuesday podcast. You will be back tomorrow with special guest, Brian Driscoll, as you guys discuss the latest rankings that come out on Tuesday night. And then you and I will be get back together for our Thursday podcast to preview the weekend. And uh, we will start with Michigan, Ohio State, and work our way down. So that's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it on uh, the YouTube channel, CFB Nation, and here Uh, Wherever you listen to your podcasts, Uh, that is the All-America Podcast here at CFB Nation, and we will talk to you soon.